Acts 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering during the forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God, while staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are coming to the end of our Life Not Resurrected series, where we've been looking at things that we have to give up as we accept Christ into our lives and as we accept being reborn in Christ. That our life is resurrected in Him when we put our life of sin to death on the cross. And today we're looking at what it really means to be a faithful witness. But sometimes our own fears, our anxieties, our worries cause us to feel that we are not a witness. Sometimes it causes us to struggle with what it means to be a witness. And I think sometimes it causes us to struggle with how we see ourselves. Being a witness can mean a lot of different things to different people. Sometimes it means that we are describing a specific event. That if we think about the gospel writers as being a witness to Christ, that they described his life, his death, his resurrection. That they recorded the acts of the apostles, and it is a witness to what they did. Sometimes being a witness means keeping a memory alive. That when we think about people who are no longer with us, that if we are a witness to their lives, to their acts, that we talk about the things that matter to them. We talk about the things that they did that we want to remember. That if somebody made a sacrifice, we remember why they did it. And it's often easier for us to be a witness to something else and to be a witness to something outside of ourselves. Strangely, it can be easier to say, well, my grandfather was a good man. 
He was a good man, I know it, because he went off and he fought in the war. And he did his duty and he fought for peace. And he volunteered. And I can think about all these things that I knew in his life that I can be a witness to. And it's easy for me to do because they're part of his story that I can tell. The problem is that when we attempt to be a witness of God's love and God's mercy, it often means that we are a witness to things that have happened in our own lives. And it means that we tell our own story. Because we can talk about everything that God did and be a witness to the witnesses in the Bible. But then we are merely just being witnesses to witnesses. We're not giving our own account. We are not being a faithful witness of God's impact in our own lives. And, you know, I think one of the biggest reasons that happens is fear. Because most of the time, God's greatest impact on our lives has been when we were at our weakest. When we were struggling the most is when God was there for us when we desperately needed him to be. The problem is, is that when we recall those times, it can bring back guilt. It can bring up all sorts of things that we may not want to remember, and we may hesitate to be a witness about just how much of an impact God has had on our lives because we don't want to have to think about all those things. We don't want to think about hurt. We don't want to think about loss. We don't want to think about our own struggles. And sometimes we are just ashamed of what we've done. Sometimes we are scared about how people may see us if they know the things that God has helped us overcome. And I know this because this is a struggle that I face. I know that this struggle is difficult because I face it every day. I think the biggest impact God has had on my life has been helping me face being bipolar. It's not an easy thing to tell people because when you tell people that God is still continually helping you with a problem that's so difficult for some to understand. The worry is that people are going to look at me differently and go, oh, I never knew that about him, and I don't know if I feel the same way. And we get that worry that people are going to be judging us and looking at us differently. The thing is, though, is that if I'm going to talk about that God was there. If I'm going to talk about the impact that God has had in my own life, that struggling with mental illness, that God put people in my life to help me get the help that I needed. And he helped to guide me into his church where people were there that accepted me for who I could be and not the mistakes that I had made. 
They didn't just see me as a label, but they saw me as a person. And they put a hope in me because they had a hope in God that if God is capable of anything, then God could help me with whatever struggles I may have. And by being a witness to God's love and mercy and hope and living it, it shed that light on me. And every day, God helps me. He helps me face the fears, the anxieties, the worries, the struggles that come with it. And the thing is that if I'm worried about other people looking at me differently because of it, then I'm not being a witness to what I'm trying to be a witness to. See, I don't want to be a witness to my own personal triumph because I don't have what I would consider a triumph. It's a continual struggle. It's something that I continually struggle with to this day. My success is the success of the Lord. The Lord gave me the people I needed to be able to succeed. The Lord gave me the help that I needed that I would be able to stand in front of you today and tell you that it was God's hope with the people that God put in my life that led me to where I am. See, my witness isn't to me, it's to God. My witness is to God's mercy. My witness is to God's grace. I did nothing to earn redemption. I did nothing to earn God's grace. I just had to recognize that it was there waiting for me. No matter how broken I seemed to be, no matter how many mistakes I seemed to have made, no matter how many mistakes I was still going to make, God was still going to be there for me. God's people were there to let me know it was okay. And God's mercy impacted my life in a way that I can't describe without describing how bad things had been for me. That I didn't know what to do next. I wasn't sure how to get the help that I needed. I wasn't sure about anything. But there were people who stepped up and said, it's okay. You are still loved. There is still hope. And more people came to me and said, it's okay. You are still loved and there is still hope. But that hope was driven into me as something that they were being a witness to. That they had known that hope in their own lives and if they knew it to be so true in their own hearts that they thought that it would even apply to me, then surely this hope had to mean something. And so I embraced that hope. And I still embrace that hope. And I talk about that hope and I talk about that love and I talk about that mercy 
Because it's not just something that I experience once. It's something that I live. It's something that I live day in and day out. It's something that is very part of my being at this point. I don't know how to live without God's love and God's mercy. I don't know how to live apart from the hope that I find in Christ. But I can only share that witness if I take my self-doubt and I take my fears and I nail them to that cross and I let them die there with that life of sin so that when I am reborn in Christ, not just with Christ, but in Christ, that I can live a life in hope and in love and in mercy and that I can be a witness to the life that God has given me that I know is available to every single one of God's children. It gives me a hope that no matter where I go, when I find God's people, I will find a friend. And when I find a friend, I find somebody that can help me when I am weak. And that I can be there to help them when they are weak. That we can be a witness of God's strength to each other. I have no need to be ashamed. Because God lets me see clearly who I am today. That I'm not the man I was yesterday. I'm not the man I was two years ago, the man I was ten years ago. I'm the man I am today. And with God's help, God's love and God's mercy and God's hope. Tomorrow, I'll be a little bit closer. I'll be a little bit further along, climbing towards that perfection in Christ. And I may slip and I may fall and I may struggle, but God will be there. God will be there to help me back up. God will be there because I'm the only one that can let go of that relationship. I'm the only one that can ruin that. God isn't going to just snatch it up from me. I have to be willing to let go of it. And I refuse to let go of something that has given me so much hope. Because that hope is what we need in this world. When we are asked to go and be a witness, be my witness in Jerusalem, not just in Jerusalem, be my witness in all Judea, but not just all Judea, be my witness in Samaria, but not just my witness in Samaria, be my witness to the ends of the earth. I give witness to my own experience with God. Because I don't know that I can properly put other people's witness into the words that they should have. 
There are those who for goodness, who for love, who in a quest for peace gave everything. Gave everything and cannot be their own witness to God's power in their lives. There are those who are no longer with us today. But we can continue to be a witness to the power that God had in their lives by remembering the witness that they gave us. That just as we remember the witness that the disciples gave, that we remember the witness that followers have given before us, that we remember the sacrifices made by so many as a testimony to just how much they believed in a world of peace. In a world of hope. That they would give their lives that we could find peace and hope. Sometimes the best I can do is to set aside my worries and my fears. And be a faithful witness to the hope and the peace that I have seen with my own eyes, that I have felt in my own heart. That I may be a faithful witness to what I know God is capable of. That in a world with so much hurt, that I may be a witness to God's love. In a world that seems to be filled with so much wrong that I may be a witness to God's mercy. In a world that seems to be filled with violence, confusion, hurt. That I may be a witness to love and peace. Because I know it's right. And I know it is good. And I know that there are so many who can't be that witness. There are some who never got the chance to express just how much this world needs hope. That I find hope aplenty in my Lord and Savior. That I find hope beyond hope. Love beyond love. Mercy unending. I pray that each one of us can always be a faithful witness to God's power to God's strength, to God's love and redemption, a witness to hope. That when we give up thinking of only ourselves, that in our eternal life with Christ,
we gain a hope everlasting. And a God that gives us more than we could ever imagine. More than we could ever deserve. But he gives it freely. Because of love. So be a witness to that love and that hope. Amen.